Welcome to season two of Motivate Me, a show where we interview people who have incorporated a passion into their lives in order to inspire you, my fellow motivators, to do the same. This is Motivate Me, and I'm Lynette Renda. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for stopping in and checking in on us on our 50-state tour. The Motivate Me crew has made it to Texas. Can I get a big yeehaw? Yeehaw. Can I get a big howdy? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we are in Texas, and the city we are in is Capel, just outside, about 29 miles exactly outside of Dallas. And so we got here last night. We are staying with one of my really great friends, um, Allison, who lived in New Jersey. She was from Texas, but lived in New Jersey for about 15 years and then moved back and abandoned me. Yes, it was sad. Um, Anyway, so we're super excited that we have got to come here and visit Allison, but Allison has a friend, Keith, with a super cool townhouse who um, allowed us to come in and invade so, Keith, thank you so much for having us. You're welcome. And Allison, it's so great to see you. Great to see you. So, we uh, spent the day doing something pretty cool. Al, where, where were we today? We were at the Fort Worth Stockyards. The Stockyards. And I know one of the things that you love so much about it, and one of the things you said why it's a great place for us to come, is because it's, it's old Texas, a lot of true Texans, cowboys down there what do you love so much about going there it's it transports you back to the old west okay cool now keith you only lived in texas from for three years i mean we can tell you obviously moved from alabama right with that with that accent absolutely maybe a bit further east but very close (laughs) where where did you transport from uh originally uh from the uk i moved backwards and forwards to the u.s but uh, yeah, I've now landed in Texas, been about three and a half years. Three and a half years. And you really like going there too, to uh, Stockyards, right? I do, I think the first um, time I went there, I was exploring the, the surrounding areas. I didn't know much about Texas, and certainly didn't know much about Dallas or Fort Worth. So I just went on a, a bit of an expedition to a lot of different locations. And one of the things I found about Fort Worth was when I went to the visitor center, they specifically showed a great video which transported from what Alison was saying back to um, in fact 1864 when um, the really development of the cattle drive uh, to Chicago where there was this craving really for beef. So that was really interesting for me. So only what is you know 150 years ago, uh, really the birth of the cowboy and to see what is there now still many of those buildings um, and still see some of that culture of that old time cowboy uh, come through I mean as they live their lives they both portrayed you know strength and I think a lot of softness associated with the way they treated females lots of respect 
and at the same time very disciplined and uh, were, were very strong about their moral values. Uh, they weren't afraid to pull you know, the gun to hang people in their own sort of justice environment. And you know, to be honest, I don't, I don't see a lot of difference here today where you see uh, that culture really still be there where people want to take, uh, believe in the law and respect that and really want to maintain that and that little strength that you feel within Texas, more specifically I think in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, that um, specific cowboy country. Um, but what I do think is that they now still maintain that respect for females. You often you know, will walk down the street and uh, even the younger generations, you know, they'll open the door for, for the ladies. So really seeing that was, um, for me, Give me a good example of how the culture is today based around probably how it was you know, 150 years ago. So that's why I like to take people there. It really shows uh, that last frontier of cowboy, how cowboys in the West was developed and give people a real understanding of, uh, of the region, which I, I didn't have before I came here. Which I thought was really, really kind of you to do for us today because you treated us and brought us in to see this this movie, which was only I think about six minutes long, right? You said. Yeah, I, I mean it's very it's very short, and they I think they do it extremely well portraying, you know, where they are today compared to what it was 150 years ago, and that transformation from the cowboy driving the cattle north, and actually then the introduction of the railroad that was then bought built and the transformation of Fort Worth from being not just a place to collect, trade, and drive uh, livestock um, across the prairies, across the plains, but really to make it a meat processing plant so they no longer drove the cattle, they actually processed that with two large um, manufacturing processing uh, plants, one I think was Armour and the other Swift. Uh, you still see the remains there today, so you get a feel for how things potentially were at that particular time. So I like to get the feel for uh, the old town. I can almost sort of transport myself back to those times, understanding what was portrayed on that video. I agree with you so much, and I walked out of there after that six-minute video with such a new understanding of what was around me, and I picked up everything that you just said about the cowboy, about the morals, the values, the treatment of women, the, uh, their own justice and the code that they lived by. And I, I thought to myself, you know, do we still have people of that caliber around the hard workers, the people, you know, who, who go through that physical brunt right. of everything and, and still hold true to such values. I thought that was really special too. I, I actually took every single thing that you just said away from that experience as well. So I just want to thank you so much because it, it changed my perspective on Texas. Right. And one of the things we were talking about today um, in the car, because we were taking separate cars, so Allison was with the girls and you got to be with your fellow Brit. Yeah. The British are coming. <laughs> um, anyway, so we were talking in the car and saying about how, you know, when you're in a place for such a short period of time, you don't feel like, you know, maybe that you're gonna be able to get a taste of it. Like people could say, well, you only spent an afternoon in Arkansas or, you know, two nights in Texas. 
But I can tell you the two nights that we spent here, and tonight we are sitting around the television right now getting ready to pick a movie. We actually have all taken a nap, and we're getting ready to watch a movie. So we already had a full day today, and, um, and we're only here for two nights. But I feel like because of the experience that you guys provided for us today, we did get a really good taste of what Texas is all about. Something else, and, and just so uh, listeners know, Chelsea and Cassie are here chilling around the table with us too, and um, the coffee table that is, we're all scattered around the floor. And um, something she asked today during lunch I thought was pretty interesting and said, you know, let's hold this conversation for when we get home and can air it for everybody, because I'm sure a lot of questions are coming up about this. And Chelsea, what did you want to speak about this afternoon? I I didn't know what was going on uh, in the UK right now with and knowing that yeah Keith so, is from the UK yeah so I'd ask them what what was going on because quite frankly I don't watch a lot of news and um, even less so on the road so <laughs> we haven't seen a lot of TV and so I really have no clue what's going on and so, and we hear UK pulling away from the EU so can you Keith do me a favor school my listeners a little bit for those who are not familiar what. What is the EU, first of all? So the EU stands for uh, European Union. It was formed on the back of the Rome Treaty in 1950. And it evolved into what we know today, uh, around about 21 foreign states across Europe forming a union, a joint body for communication and trade. And the idea was to make everything flow more freely, uh, both in terms of goods and trade, taxation, but also people. And uh, we were, as, as the UK, one of the founder members of that, and we joined, stroke formed uh, the EU back in 1975. So uh, I was old enough, young enough. Uh, to actually remember the times that we went in and also the controversy that was associated with that big debates as to whether uh, we as a, as a country should enter the common market and the common trade. So we did enter uh, obviously into it back in 1975 and as things have evolved and grown the EU has, has gone from a small group of countries to a very widening one and we've seen over more recent years the good the bad and the ugly associated with that moving from uh, not just a common trade but really to towards a common cu currency the euro and that was how that was introduced and was meant to be really the foundation for the way forward um, the uk has always been a little bit different maybe controversial maybe a little stubborn and, and I can empathize uh, with that oh uh, stubborn Allison the UK's been stubborn that? isn't that weird yeah isn't that weird <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry go ahead no that's right so that's uh, what we love about uh, you Keith <laughs> my stubbornness is that correct uh, so I think um, yeah what was interesting uh, that they tried to get this alignment on the currencies and the UK pound uh, to get a fixed rate really between that and the euro um, and that failed it, it fell apart and uh, it cost the country billions in trying to balance that trade at that particular point and decided to pull out of that joint currency and maintain the position of the pound 
And then as we've seen you know, the EU continue to evolve over the last few years, the introduction of new, uh, some of the traditional Eastern European countries come in, which were meant really to, to help that flow of goods and stabilize some of the uh, currency countries associated with that. But the impact actually had, had on some of the more, what I would classify service countries, those that are reliant on uh, supporting each other in, and, and tourism, Countries like Portugal and Greece uh, very reliant on, on the flow of, of people through uh, and into the Mediterranean. And they have no real manufacturing, uh, unlike Germany, which is really foundation. So when, uh, when they moved in, it hit the, their currency very hard. And we've seen that those countries continue to struggle when you hit a uh, recession and a depression then they, they suffered even, even harder because they were linked. They could no longer adjust their currency to compensate with their own econ economy. They had a, they were forcibly linked to this common currency. And we've seen over the last um, few years how Greece has really struggled and many times threatened to pull out of the, uh, the Euro. Uh, and I, I sometimes question why they didn't, but you know, really looking at some of the Economics, I also understand why they stayed in. It's a really, really tough decision, and you know who knows where that's going to end up. So those are some of the things that I think have formed a foundation and some of the traumas and challenges that the EU's had to go through from a free trade environment. And because of that, uh, over recent years, the EU governing body, which changes the presidency, presidency every six months. Um, is trying to put greater and greater controls and what that meant for the individual countries was they were relinquishing control, relinquishing the rights, the relinquishing the decisions to make for themselves and that didn't sit well I think with a number of countries actually, it wasn't really just the UK um, but it, it meant that we were having to fall in line with a, a governing power and that, the, what I can relate to is a little bit, having now been to Texas, how people say, you know, Texas is the only state that actually could remove itself from, uh, from the US. And it's a little bit like that for me with the UK, that at some point you can remove yourself from Europe. And I, uh, I know, for instance, you know, the Texas economy could stand alone and it has, you know, huge wealth in certain areas. The, the way they've set up trade is, is very clever. And the UK economy is really self-sustainable. The problem is that the whole rationale why Europe was set up as a union um, in terms of an economic body was this free trade and this free movement of people throughout, of, throughout that. And it, the way that the vote for me being you know, several thousands of miles away from it and not at this time in a position to, to have a vote was the decision was really made around getting control back of the country um, and the people that really didn't want to move into the union 40 years ago were now saying okay we've got a chance to get back and pull out we never wanted to go in uh, in, in the first place and when you get a representation of the people that voted yes to come out of the union, 60% of those people were actually over 65 years old. So very much the older population decided to pull out 
of the union, leaving you know the youngsters who wanted wanted to stay in, because actually those are the ones it's going to affect, because that is about their freedom, their ability to go live and work anywhere in Europe in the same way that they do in the UK, that same freedom. And I think they also there wasn't enough education at that particular time to to get people to understand what are going to be some of the ramifications of pulling out of the EU. It was all about getting control and not about the economic impact it was likely to have on the country overall. And we saw uh, as soon as that vote went, we're going to pull out of uh, pull out of Europe. You know, the stock markets just crashed. You know, it killed. Uh, and what is what do you think is going to be the new vision? Like, what do you think it's going to look like now? How will this impact things? Well, I mean, who knows? Uh, I, I, my personal views are that uh, the country, if it's, let's take a number of different scenarios, if it stays out of the EU, and I'll come on to why I think it could be a possibility going back, if we can maintain being taking that decision and falling out of the EU, then the, the country will recover, but it will take several years to rebalance the books, that balance of trade across and get the to set up new trade agreements which were, were free before uh, between all the other other countries well of course that can be established we have free trade or should I say we have trade agreements between the US and the UK so it's not a free trade it's a, it's a trade agreement so those things can be established and will get us re-established as they were uh, before but it's going to take time and it will take time for the uh, UK economy to recover, it will, in my opinion, go through uh, a recession in comparison to some of the other European countries, the, the Germany's, the France, the Italy's, the stronger uh, countries. So I think that's one scenario uh, that would play out, and it's uh, it's going to be a hard time. And I I empathise for you know the younger generation. Um, I, I woke up at two o'clock in the morning. I don't know why I did, but I woke up. Uh, and got a text from my son who's in the UK and he, he said fantastic news we've just pulled out of, uh, of Europe and I said I said Carl do you, do you really understand the implications of what has just happened and he said well, well what do you mean and I started to describe the potential financial impact and the econo economical impact he was going to have on the country and uh, having then started to walk through him and then hit with him and then seeing the financial crash I think it was a realization of oh my goodness what what has really happened here what have we done and when I talk about lack of understanding and perhaps a lack of education I mean that that older generation including you know my own family is uh, of, of in retirement age were were actually casting their views onto that younger generation as trying to say, you know, this is what we should do. So without the younger ones really bothering to understand or thinking about it, because they've got better interests to do. You know, they'd rather pick up the TV and play games and things and go out to work and earn money and do all the things that, you know, I was doing when I was uh, in my young 20s. So I feel that they didn't get the chance, that they may have been a little bit influenced by the family, the older generation. So, so that was that was frustrating, and I think if we were to do another vote tomorrow, 
uh, with this what has actually happened I think the entire country would flip the other way I think we'd see even see a bigger differential of those that wanted to stay in because they would now be educated they'd now have a much better understanding of economic impacts based around you know, political decisions because they didn't really think this would happen either and they didn't invest the time to kind of figure it all out first yeah, and I don't know the statistics. I don't know who voted when. I, I know what they're portraying is that um, you know Scotland basically voted to stay in. I know that 65% is what they're saying. 60% of the, the yeses were, were over 65. Um, so the older population, real mix, the younger population really generally wanted to stay in and a real mix um, in the middle. So, so what makes you think they could rejoin? So I think a number of things have to be worked through. They say it's going to take two years to pull out of Europe. Uh, it could well take longer. I think that could be an underestimation. And what could happen within the next two years? Uh, the European Union doesn't just lose uh, a strong European trade partner, as in the UK, and vice versa, but actually it loses uh, a big economic injection into the European Euro Union. Uh, UK is a big and will continue to be a big contributor financially which will support some of the emerging countries and and strengthen that so I, I think there's the reaction I've seen is uh, a combination of um, startlement from the European other European leaders at the other time saying uh, Britain you know go you know we don't want you anymore um, and others saying, you know, is it really the right thing? So a real mixed reaction. So I think there are two scenarios that could play out. I think one is that they could do uh, another another referendum based on random reaction. They, you can actually, uh, by enough people uh, voting to say, let's have another one, you can trigger a second referendum. If you do that, I think it will be overturned and it will go the other way. The second thing is, I think, second reason I think it could is as it plays out, as we play out the withdrawal from Europe, um, then I think a lot more realization on both sides will happen uh, that the European, the remaining European uh, countries there will say, actually, we do need Britain. Now let's be a little bit more flexible on the way that we have the laws because we weren't. Flexible. It was very autocratic in terms of the approach to the other uh, countries. So maybe you know, opening up a little bit and saying, okay, these are some of the things you wanted before. Maybe we should let you have them if you stay in. Now that opens up a whole other uh, question, of course. Wouldn't the other countries want the same kind of rules and regulation and openness that, that, that the uh, UK was demanding? You know, freedom, control, better... Uh, autonomy as to who we are as a country. So uh, who knows? I mean, we'll have to see how that plays out. So potential scenarios, two possibilities, I think, of potentially still going back in. But ultimately, if it doesn't, we'll see a, a recession at some point, and then uh, it, it can gradually come out over the next you know, five or six years and become you know a stronghold, which it can be. It's a strong strong economy but it's become now very much an island and uh, it means that my son who you know grew up speaking Spanish and can no longer think oh I'm just going to go and live in Spain and 
perhaps get my career there, you know, he doesn't have to go through getting a work visa and same as you know, anybody else entering that, that country or the union. Wow. Well, first of all, I would like to say that here we are on a 50 state tour and we've got to learn a lot about Texas. We've been learning a lot about uh, the different states as we've traveled through, but now we just got a little schooling on our, our roots. <laughs> Little did we know we'd be getting back to back to basics, back to our roots here with Keith in Texas and Allison. So uh, we want to thank you guys so much for having us. This has been really such a great time, and I've just loved spending time with you, Al, and getting to know you, Keith. It's been a great trip. Thank right, you. girls? We've enjoyed having you. Thanks for stopping through. I wish you all the best on the next uh, 20 to go. 18? Well, yes, but 18. so we've been in um, in Capel the last two nights, right? Tonight and last night. Tomorrow night we'll be in Dallas. So we do have one more day in Texas. We're going to feel well-rounded when it comes to Texas when we leave here. And next we're going to be seeing Cassie's family and friends in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. So hopefully it's not too hot, hot, hot. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> So that's it. Thank you so much, everybody, for stopping in, and uh, hope you loved this episode as much as we did today. You motivate me. I'm Lynette Renda, and this is everybody else. Visit our website, MotivateMePodcast.com, for links to all of our social media, for our Motivate Me YouTube channel, where we're posting video of our trip, and for an application to be on the show. There is also Motivate Me merchandise on our site, as well as the ability to contribute a tank of gas or more to our road trip if you so desire. There are 191 episodes in season one, and season two is going to consist of the journey my crew and I experience as we travel around each of the 50 states interviewing people about passion. When we return, those episodes will air and that will be season three. So let us take you on this journey and let us motivate you to take action in your own life. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. This enables us to reach out to more of you. In the world, keep